Welcome to the weekly teaching program from Finally Alive Ministries with pastor and counselor Gary Aris. Gary is a full-time pastoral counselor and teacher of God's Word. He has a remarkably deep passion to see people set free in Christ. You may call our prayer line at 657-246-2464 or email at prayer at finallyalive.com. That's prayer at finallyalive.com. Now, let's join Gary as he shares some amazing truth from God's counsel in this week's teaching. Welcome to Finally Alive Radio. I'm your host, Gary Aris. Welcome to the show. Remember to join us on finallyaliveradio.com where you can download all the shows absolutely free. This is the office, by the way, just so just so you know. Uh, that's the that's the famous couch back there. That's where all the all the healing happens, right? So I've seen a lot of awesome things happen there, so it's pretty cool. Uh, so the topic of the day is why aren't my prayers answered? I think that's an important question. Uh, I see that all the time in counseling sessions, and uh, unfortunately, most people uh, feel like their prayers aren't answered. It, it's it's horrible. So that's what I wanted to answer. I wanted to see if if we can actually come up with the answer, and I think we can. So uh, I'm going to go to Matthew seven because this is a typical verse that most people will quote. So let's see here. So we're going to go to Matthew seven verse seven, and here's the famous verse. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. But here's the issue. Sometimes I feel like maybe it's just not happening. I've been asking and God is not, uh, God is not giving me my prayer. He's not answering my prayer. What is going on? Why wouldn't God do this? But what do we do with this? Ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and, it'll, uh, and, and the door will be open to you. I feel like I've been doing that, right? That's the typical question. It's, uh, that, that's what I hear all the time in, in, in sessions. Uh, so, but here's the thing, is it possible that we're taking things out of context? Um, and that's actually most of the time what we as Christians do. We read Bible verses and just read like one line or one verse or half of a verse. And then we just kind of come up with our own doctrine, our own belief, our own teaching. So we want to be careful with that. So we actually have to go back all the way back to Matthew five. So Matthew five is... It's actually titled the Sermon on the Mount or, or the Beatitudes. And this is beautiful and it's pretty. You, you read verse three and it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. It sounds beautiful. It sounds nice. We've probably heard this in, in church or anywhere else. Um, and it's always, oh, look, it's so nice. It's so sweet. But really, you have to, you have to think about this. Why was Jesus crucified? He was crucified because he said things that went against everyone else's beliefs. This is a part of it. And it doesn't sound like it when you read it, you know, just kind of face value. But it really is. You have to keep reading and you see he's actually talking to these people, quite honestly, like, uh, okay, I'm going to put a, a couple additional words in here so it makes better sense. It's as if Jesus is actually saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, but not you guys. Do you see how offensive that sounds? Or blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, but not you guys, because you guys aren't even mourning. You have to realize, for 400 years, these people hadn't heard God's voice. So if you haven't been hearing God's voice for 400 years, why aren't you guys mourning? You see what's happening? So there's a, a lot of context behind this. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger 
and uh, and thirst for righteousness. So on and on he goes, but really kind of in the end they're add, but not you, but not you, because you're not mourning, because you really aren't caring at this point. You're 400 years apart uh, from even hearing God's voice. So now when we forward to Matthew 7, what he's actually saying in context, ask and it'll be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. But you are not doing that. That's what he's saying. Ask. If you would have just asked, God would have come through. But you guys aren't even asking. You see, there's a lot of context behind this. So it's very dangerous for us to just go and pull verses and see, if, if I ask, then God will give it to me. Well, hold on. Wait, let's get some context. Um, so here, here's my take on this. Uh, I think if you do ask, he will give it to you. Uh, if you seek, he will. you will find it. Knock and it will be open to you. Um, but again, let, let's keep going with this because there's a lot more a lot more information that we have to understand. When we skip to Matthew 18, verse 19, he says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them uh, by my Father who is in heaven. So it's like, wow, anything I ask? Yeah, anything you ask. Wow, okay. Uh, but how does that work? Because I know I, you've probably asked things. I've asked things. Um, but how come some of it doesn't come to pass? Again, context. Let's see what he's actually saying. It's uh, One thing I want to, I guess, get across is, you know, God is not a genie. We can't just look at God. We can't just look at God. And expect, okay, um, I dream of genie. You know, one of the, you can't just do stuff like that and expect God to just to come through. We have to understand context. So I'm going to back up a couple of verses again for the sake of context. I'm going to go to the beginning of this chapter, Matthew 18, verse 1. And verse 1, he says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, okay, so let's let's kind of follow that thought along here. What is it about children? I mean, you have kids, right? I have kids. What is it about kids? Kids are a lot more receptive. Kids are a lot more open to hearing. Uh, I know they have their bratty moments like any other kid does, but they're a lot more receptive. If the parent says, hey, don't do that, you, you'll hurt yourself, a child is more likely to listen than an adult. An adult will be, ah, I'll do what I want to do, right? So that's the idea here. Um, they're a lot more receptive. Uh, and remember, kids are a lot more likely to follow. And that's the whole idea of all this. So he says, truly I say to you, unless you're converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So that yeah, let's use that as our context here, uh, just, just to kind of start us off here. So if you're like a child, you're more willing to listen. You're more willing to follow. You see, and if you're willing to follow, what are you going to do? You're more willing to do the, the will of the parent, or in our case, the will of the father. You see, so if you're, if you're willing to do the will of the father, you're going to understand his mindset, and you're already going to know what he wants and what he's expecting. You see, so if you understand what the father wants, guess what happens? Well, then, then we fast forward to Matthew uh, 18, verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two, or t if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Well, of course it's going to happen. That will work because you are already in line as a child with God's word, with, uh, with, with his direction. That's the most important thing about all, th all this. And quite honestly, this is kind of a, a segue into, into the real message here. It's not so much about my, my prayers. 
It's more about me lining up to God uh, and understanding Him. How do you do that? Well, you got to go to church. There's no other way to do this. You have to go to church. Uh, and, and the argument, the, the typical argument that I hear is, well, I can do this on my own. I can, I can read the Bible by myself. Seriously, who can really do that? I, I couldn't do that. I don't know anybody who can just read the Bible by themselves and completely understand it. I don't know anybody who can do that. I'll be honest. So um, heads up there. Uh, if you're not in church, get involved. You know, Find the right church. It's not so much about us uh, getting our prayers answered. It's more about us lining up to God. And if we can line up to God... Then, then you're actually going to see your prayers answered, not because all of a sudden now you have favor. It's not that. It's because now you line up to God. And let me keep making the point here. Let's go to Matthew 21, verse uh, 22. And all things, this is all, this is all Jesus speaking, by the way. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Wow, that's beautiful. Wow, yay, two thumbs up. And that, that sounds so exciting and wonderful, right? Uh, but again, context. We can't just read the verse and start to make up our own uh, belief here, okay? So I'm going to back up again, same chapter. I'm going to go to verse 18. Now in the morning, returning to the city, he became hungry, seeing a lone fig tree by the road. He came to it and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he said to it, No longer shall there ever be any fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, How did the fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it'll happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Well, no, what, is, what does that even mean? Well, here's where faith comes in. You actually have to have faith that your prayer is going to get answered. But forget the, the prayer being answered. You actually have, have to have faith, number one, in Jesus. Uh, and, and number two, that you, your prayer is lining up with his direction. If you are going in his direction, it's, it's, it's more figurative speech that the mountains will move. But the idea is there's nothing impossible. There's nothing impossible. And I guess, I, I guess we can make the silly argument. Well, fine. If I pray for the mountain to move uh, and it doesn't move, then does that, does that go against this verse? Well, no, it doesn't. Why? Because then the question is, why did the mountain have to move? You know, you can't just ask random silly things. God, I want, I want there to be rain today. Or I want, um, you know, I want there to be no traffic today on, on the road. What? You, you, it's, it's kind of selfish, I'll be honest, but not a bad prayer. Let, let's be real. But then again, it's also kind of selfish. It's all about you, right? So just think about these things. Uh, what are you really praying for? Uh, are they completely selfish? And let me say this too, you know, we, we all have kids and we're going to pray for the kids, obviously. So I don't, I don't think that's selfish, but just be aware, just be aware of what direction you're going with your prayers. How selfish are you? Because there, there is a degree of selfishness uh, that I hate to say it this way, but there is a degree of selfishness that's actually acceptable because you're human. You're human. Uh, r remember the, the, um, the Lord's prayer, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. So it's okay for you to pray for yourself. God understands that. So. Um, but anyway, let, let's keep moving forward here. We're, we're going to go to John 14. But I want you to see every single verse we talk about, once we get context, we're going to see the bigger picture. And, and so John 14, 14 here. Yeah, here it is again. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. Wonderful, right? I'll back up again. I'll go to the top. See here. And he says, uh, the top of John 14, I'm going to go to verse 1. 
Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. You are connected to him. That This is what all of this is all about. You need to be connected to him. If you're not connected to him, forget about the prayers. You may get some, some that, that hit and some that don't hit. But if you're not lining up with him, why would it even, why would it even matter? So, and, and look, we'll keep reading here. Verse 8. Uh, and it says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to me, Philip? Uh, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? And he, here he is setting you up. He's setting you up for all of it. He, uh, so we have Jesus and the Father. Uh, he's saying, me, Jesus, I am in the Father. Well, guess what you're supposed to be? You are supposed to be in Jesus. You see, it's all a lineup. We have to be uh, a unity, a oneness, right? Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So notice, if you're asking for something, it has to line up with God. Why? So that, uh, how does it say it? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then check this out. Uh, So if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. And then verse 15 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And again, the idea isn't the Ten Commandments or the 613 Old Testament commandments. He's talking about a new commandment. Uh, The new commandment is just believing in Jesus. That's the new commandment. But that's the key. You see, if we're believing in him and we're trusting him, we're going to line up to him. We're going to start to think like him. We're going to start to think about his direction and what direction he wants us to go. And if we understand his direction, guess what will line up next? Our prayers, exactly, right? Oh, here we go. Here's another one. So John 16, verse 23, it says, In that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. And and notice he kind of really drills this one in for you here. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive so that your joy may be uh, made full. Again, let's get some context. Let's back it up. He starts off John 15 with, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. So notice all the connections. It all goes back to a connection with him. Abide in me. You are the the vine, he's the branch. Uh, Be like a child. Do you see? Everything has the deepest connections you can possibly have. Uh, So if you're connected to uh, the vine being a branch, guess what? Your sustenance is is coming from him, from Jesus. And if your sustenance is coming from him, obviously you're going to think like him. You're going to have that kind of connection. Do you see? So... Notice that every single time we're looking at it, we're seeing this type of connection. And we'll take a look at 1 John, uh, and I'm going to go to chapter 5. It says, This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. So here we go. Whatever you ask, you'll get it. And again, let's get some context. Let's see here. I'm going to go to verse one of that same chapter. Okay. I'm not doing anything uh, ridiculously amazing. All you have to literally do is read. That's all you have to do. Just read. Um, I guess maybe that's part of the lesson here is don't just read one verse. Read the paragraph. If you read the paragraph, again, it's, and this happened to me the other day, I was walking over here in the office and people are, you know, people are talking and I was, I went to go get some water and I, I literally walked into half of the conversation and I heard, so, so yeah, so then, so then he killed him. I'm like, oh, am I, am I listening to something about murder here? No, no, it was a figure of speech. And if I was there earlier, I would have understood that he killed him. What didn't mean a literal killing it. It was just, I think they were talking about sports and oh yeah, uh, whoever, you know, killed him in the sports. Okay, so so I guess that team won or that, that team just really uh, did, did amazing there. Do you see context? Context, then that's what we're talking about. We want context here. So whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and whoever loves the father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that, is a, that has overcome the world, our faith. So do you see, again, he makes this, uh, this connection. If you're born of God, you're like a child of God. And if you're a child of God, you're going to line up right with him. And, and guess what? And, and by the way, keep his commandments. How do you do that? By faith. And then you have to fast forward to what we were reading in uh, verse 14. As we fast forward here, in fact, I'll, I'll read verse 13 just for the sake of context. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Do you see connection? So that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, key word, his will, he hears us. And guess what? You're part of his will. Your kids are part of his will. All right? So, so you're not asking anything bad. All right? Just make sure that you are, you are in his will. All right? So Luke 22, verse 42. In fact, I, I have to get some um, context before I even read 42, just for the sake of understanding. So here's Jesus, Garden of Gethsemane, verse 39, he says, And he came out and proceeded as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. Then disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. He's talking about him being crucified. Jesus himself is asking, all right, if there's any way for me not to get crucified, I'd really appreciate that. That would be awesome. And let's take a second with this one. This is, this is pretty interesting. Well, wait a minute. Isn't Jesus God in the flesh? And why would you be asking a question like that, Jesus? I mean, aren't you copping out? Well, yeah, any human being would. You have to realize Jesus is human enough to feel like you and I. All right, so... If he didn't say this, I would be worried because then, well, wait a minute. Did he really feel these feelings? Obviously he did. He feels just like you and I would. If I know that someone's out to kill me, I'm going to be praying, Lord, whatever we can do here, um, get me out of this situation. I don't, want to, I don't want to die. That's exactly what he's doing. He's just like you and I. All right. So we have to realize that, that there's that, that aspect of his humanness. Remember that one verse, the shortest verse in the Bible is what? Jesus wept. I appreciate uh, Jesus and, and what he's saying, and it's actually recorded here because you see his human side. We just appreciate seeing Jesus's human side here. 
Uh, so if you're willing, remove this cup from me. So awesome. And then, and then it doesn't, it doesn't end there. Then here's Jesus saying, yet not my will, but your, but yours be done. So notice his human side kicks in. All right, God, I don't want to die. So if there's a way out, I'd, I'd really appreciate that right now, but not my will, but your will. Do you see? We have to line up to his will. I think that is the hardest thing to do. Let's just be as real as we can get here. That's the hardest thing to do because you're saying I have to put everything in my life aside. You're saying I have to put God first. Easier said than done, I think, uh, because there's a lot going on in life. There's work, there's life, there's kids, there's, you know, the, the list goes on, right? So we have to be aware of this. We have to be very aware of this. So let's not pretend this is going to be easy. It's not going to be an easy uh, fight. I think as Christians, we have a, a harder fight uh, because, um, because of this. We actually have to let go of our will. Uh, but here's the conundrum is, it's the idea that John says, he must increase and I must decrease. You see, uh, that's what this is all about is he incre- him increasing in our life and us decreasing. The less that we have wants in this life, well, the less, the less it hurts and, and the easier it is to, to walk. Again, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Okay, let's not downplay this and think, uh, pretend like this is going to be easy. So finally, here's the last verse. So John 17, we all know the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, that one. That's not the, really the Lord's Prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. That's more of the disciples' prayer. That's more the, the prayer for, for them back then. We didn't bother reading it just for the sake of time. But John 17, verse 1 says, Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, and here, here's his prayer. Father, the, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, uh, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life that they may know you the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's, if you want to know what eternal life is, just highlight verse 3, John 17, verse 3. There it is. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you and they believed that you sent me. On and on he goes, but think of this prayer. What is happening? What is he saying? How many things did he pray for for himself? And again, I'm not saying that that's not the way you're supposed to pray. You're allowed to pray for yourself. That's okay. Um, But notice his prayer. The point is, everything he's praying is his father's will. Do you see? It lines right up. God, whatever you are, father, whatever you wanted me to do, I did it. You wanted me to say this, I said it. He lines right up. It's It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So that's the message I want you to go with. It's not so much about you and your prayer not being answered. It's more about you lining up with God and being like a child where you're willing to follow even if it doesn't make sense. He is the vine, we're the branch. You have to be connected. And let me know if you guys have any thoughts or questions. I hope that was clear. Um, I think it's a pretty simple message, but uh, I don't know if that's being preached. I, I see books, uh, seven steps to getting your prayer answered. It's, it's, it, it's just silliness. It's really, let's just line up with God. Let's do our best to, to do what he asks of us. 
Um, number one, have faith in Jesus. Uh, and then everything else starts to line up. You'll start to line up. You, you'll have less needs and wants from the world and, and you'll be lining up with his word. And if you line up with his word, guess what your prayers are going to be? They're going to line up to his direction. Thank you again for joining us on this week's program with pastor and counselor Gary Harris of Finally Alive Ministries. We pray that if God has touched your heart with any part of today's teaching, you would respond and move into the healing that God has for you. Visit us at finallyalive.com. There, you can download this episode for free, email your concerns, questions, or share a story of how God is using this teaching to help you grow in Christ and His freedom. If you'd like to call our prayer line, you may do so at 657-246-2464. That's 657-246-2464. Or email at prayer at finallyalive.com. We will meet you again next week at this same time when we look at God's Word with pastor and counselor Gary Harris and learn how to finally be alive in Christ.